0: Hey, welcome, welcome everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman. And today we have a great show for you. Uh, we are sitting here with Lynn Curry, who is an acupuncturist right here in Florence. So welcome, Lynn. Hi, Caroline. Hi. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so Lynn, go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, who you are and, and what you do. Sure,
1: I'm um, an acupuncturist and Chinese herbal medicine practitioner here in the valley. Um, let's see, going on 23 and a half years. Wow! I know. It's been, I Have hard, you been living in
0: the Pioneer mm-hmm. Valley for 25 years or 23 oh, more, years? Yeah, okay. since 91.
1: Wow, I've been here. So, um, yeah, I've had the honor and privilege of practicing in well downtown Northampton originally, and I've been in Florence since the maybe 91. So, yeah, it's been amazing. So uh, I practice um, acupuncture. I was trained at the New England School of Acupuncture out in, West, um, in Boston area. And um, I've been practicing herbal medicine as well.
0: Lovely. So you must have been able to really see the um, the evolution of Northampton and mm. what, you know, since 1991 yeah. to 2020. We covered some territory here. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Excellent.
1: I think when I um, started my practice, there were already quite a lot of um, seasoned acupuncturists in the area. Um, so it was already a great place to be practicing in terms of, you know, having uh, a real acupuncture presence here Um You know, it was interesting when I was in school, there were folks that were sort of headed off to places where there were not acupuncturists. And it was sort of their job to um, sort of educate their communities about acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine and what it could do for them. And so their work was, you know, bringing it to other places. Um, But practicing in this area is more, um, you know, distinguishing yourself, sticking around long enough to have, you know, a community presence. Um, so it's just different ways of starting a practice, but this area has had a rich history of. Um, great and long-standing practitioners for a long time
0: yeah that's really cool yeah i um when i first got started practicing reiki i was in hudson new york and i was one of the the pathfinders mm-hmm. with reiki people had no idea like, <laughs> they'd never heard the word before out right. here in the pioneer valley people might know the word maybe they've had it done before maybe they know somebody so it was sort of in the consciousness out here but it is a challenge when you're bringing something totally fresh to a new audience and it's yeah it's um i when i came here i was like whoo right (laughs) what do you mean you know reiki It's. It is. It, it becomes a little easier
1: when that when yeah, you know, right? The conversation's already happening, and you get yeah. to jump in and add another layer to it.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so you've been practicing acupuncture for uh, for over twenty years, and what has really inspired you to keep mm. um, to do this? You know, this career. Yeah. Stick with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: I started, you know, fairly young. You know, it's interesting when I was in acupuncture school. Um, I graduated in 96 and a lot of the people in my class were uh, second or third career. So, you know, that was the sort of setting I was one of the youngest people in my crew so this was my first career so you're right sort of figuring out how how to do this and be in practice and you know do something for the long haul is you know how it feels to me Um, and a lot of people had come from other sorts of professions altogether or different kinds of health fields and you know we're trying to figure out how to start over again so um, I think I feel like I was so lucky to stumble upon it so early and to be able to jump in and to a career that has so much expansion um, and the Field has changed a lot over the couple of decades I've been doing it. And to be in the the flow of that kind of growth and change and, you know, expanding conversation about acupuncture, the field is really um, rapidly changing right now. So it's interesting to be kind of in the middle, you know, where there's definitely people who've been doing it a lot longer and have that perspective. And then there's just lots and lots more people that are uh, going as um, kind of conventional graduate degrees, right? So they're coming out of college and going right to acupuncture school and um, graduating, you know, ready to roll in their 20s. So that's interesting change just to kind of go from like the night classes with the second and third career folks to, to sort of seeing how the field is really um, more commensurate with other kinds of health practices. Um, it is, that's definitely a change. So in terms of, um, staying invigorated, I guess the, um, for me, I think part of that is really maintaining a general practice. I, I I think there's a trend, um, towards specialization, which has lots of advantages, um, in some ways, but for me, I think one of the things that drew me to acupuncture was the, um, holistic perspective and the ability to work with such a wide range of um, issues that people are dealing with I when I was a a teenager when I was still in high school I thought I would study PT or OT and there was lots of things that appealed to me about that but I felt I was I didn't want to sort of be stuck treating just particular kinds of problems so when the opportunity arose to study a more general medicine practice, um, that really appealed to me. So I think part of why it's been such a good choice and had such longevity in the field is that I can work with so many different kinds of things, um, you know, and get to do continuing ed. You know, we're professionally obligated to take continuing ed every two years to renew our license. And so you've got to the chance to try all kinds of different layers of the medicine keeps it lively. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. And I think the, the kind of interesting aspect when you're working with people um, in a very generalized way is that there's these their own patterns of people Mm -hmm. that come in yeah so sometimes you might be working on sinus it's the shoulder month right (laughs) yeah Yeah. do you have any particular um patterns of of people that have been coming through plantar fasciitis week oh what's that all about
1: (laughs) i just was thinking that today i was like okay that's the third person who's called me in the last two weeks to ask about that you know why why now i you know you do what you wind up with a with a with a specialization uh, for a, a short term, I think, you know, something comes that then another one comes and then another one comes. Yeah. I had a, had that, I have had that experience with a variety of different kinds of things. Um, so I think, it, you know, I think it's my, um, you know, advanced training when you see a bunch of things, I think, oh, this is my chance to really delve into that and really um, see the different ways that presents and that people respond differently. You know, I'm, you, I, the treatments may look similar or they may not depending on what people are dealing with so that's a that's always a great um, way to sort of invigorate your practices to have different people dealing with the same problem that's not the same problem because they're different people
0: right and that's
1: one of the things that you know that keeps it interesting and exciting you don't wind up kind of in a rut you can't right you can't be in a rut yeah um, or you're sort of missing the opportunity of holistic medicine
0: absolutely yeah. yeah do you um do you find that when you're treating uh different people for the same thing that the uh the needle patterns maintain mm-hmm. consistency or um when you're i guess explain a little bit like when you're when you're seeing different people with different um, things uh, what is your process process as an mm. acupuncturist when you're kind of approaching um a not not a person necessarily, but a uh, a repeated right um, mm-hmm. ailment like a diagnosis, yeah, like a Western diagnosis, exactly, right,
1: right. So if I had six people with headaches, right, something like that. So you know, one of the you know the wonderful things about Chinese medicine is our pattern diagnosis, right? Understanding the um, the system that's presenting itself, so there may be you know certainly people know oh this point's really great for headaches right and that may be that's you know the one between the finger and the one in the forehead you know so you have these (laughs) points that people like oh that's the Chinese medicine you know headache point which you know is is can certainly be part of a prescription and may be extra helpful and you know it's kind of a good point in certain kinds of ways but that's not the pattern description or the pattern discrimination, you know, we want to sort of understand what's happening in that, you know, if you've got somebody who's very hardy and strong, and they have you know, X, Y, and Z happening. That's going to be different than somebody who is, you know, weak and frail. And you know how that dynamics playing out is going to be really different. So, wanting to support that system as it's presenting, um, somebody may have a, a, a muscular tension pattern that's really different than somebody who has a hormonal imbalance. Is a really different kinds of headaches. So, you know, from a Western medicine perspective, we might say, "Oh, headache. You know, here's the treatment. Everybody gets the Tylenol or the Advil." Or, um, but we're, we're we're always having the opportunity to sort of see what all of the dynamics are in the body and to be able to address those imbalances to help with the headache, which doesn't mean we might not use those fabulous headache points because those are good points to direct the treatment, but they are not the necessarily the be all end all in terms of changing the pattern. Right, right, so you still are looking at every individual person that right. comes through. Right even though we might use our, you know, special, our special points that may show up more regularly. That's 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 sort of a a layer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, any particular special points that you are Mm. very fond of at the moment?
1: Well, I um, that's a good question. I did a training about a year ago, uh, continuing it in um, neurologic acupuncture um and it uses a system of scalp acupuncture that's relatively new so you know new in chinese medicine terms is like 60 years old you know? scalp um scalp acupuncture scalp acupuncture so it's so like it through all the hair on the head yeah wow. and uh the scalp has these kind of multiple layers of tissue when the the needle goes into the fourth layer of that kind of uh <laughs> geology um but the you know so that system stands outside of the um kind of classic meridian system and it's a kind of an overlap in terms of our western neurology um and uh the use of the needle so it's uh, you know it's uh, another a different layer of treatment working in a different way and works kind of more directly so that's been um that's new to me you know i've been in practice almost 24 years and this is i've been working with this for about a year so it's presents um the opportunity to um, work in a different way with things that i may have seen already been working with and seen and a layer of more effectiveness in some cases Um, so i'm kind of grooving on those like seeing when and how to use them how they work well or don't work well with body points and other treatment strategies i might use so i'm doing more of those you know than I certainly was doing before cuz mm-hmm. they're they're new to me i'm getting to know them which has been cool yeah it's yeah. that constant curiosity yeah like hmm what's that about how does that fit in with what i already am doing and thinking about
0: yeah um
1: you know, I, I, I'm I, always um, drawn to the points that really help the nervous system relax, you know, the yin-tongue point between the eyebrows that, you know, most people will have when they're on somebody's table. The ear acupuncture points are great for um, sort of helping the nervous system rest. And, you know, it's my experience that the whatever you can do to help the body relax during a treatment really helps integrate whatever else you're doing. So I'm always, my goal anyway is to always help the um, person be as relaxed and as restful as possible. So everything else can kind of do its thing. So I'm always sort of throwing those points in um, regardless of pattern discrimination. Cause I want, you know, those that l- slightly sedating <laughs> effect. Cause I think that really helps everything else land. So you're you're really trying to get people into the zone. I do. I love that. Yeah, I really. You know, and, and not everybody goes there, and not everybody goes there every time. But you know that that's the sort of when I come back and I see some. I see that somebody's had the chance to really deeply rest um, or feel restored in that way. That feels like, that's very satisfying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm always joking, you know, people are like, oh, I think I was snoring. And I was like, you know, in those cultures where belching is a sign of like a good, you know, a thank you to the, you know, yeah. <laughs> the chef, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think snoring is like that for me. I'm like,
0: awesome, <laughs> yay. Yeah, you're like, I designed it that that's way. That's right. Oh, I'm so glad you rested, <laughs> so (laughs)
1: I I do. I feel like that's, I'm, I, you know, I'm super fussy about comfortable. Like I want the room to be really comfortable. I just, I feel like we have so few opportunities to really um, kind of rest and be quiet and still. And, you know, I think a lot of, you can certainly do acupuncture um, fast. You can do lots of people in a room. There's lots of ways of doing it, and they all have benefits. And I don't have a, I don't have a, um, sense that one's better than the other it's just that that the way I do it is what resonates with me so I you know that's the kind of way I roll so I want you know when possible for people to really t- to have the opportunity to rest quietly and be comfortable and warm and safe and um, so that's kind of how I set things up
0: yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, um, earlier in the show, you mentioned how the field of acupuncture is really rapidly expanding. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've been seeing a lot too with the the facial regen- uh, mm-hmm. rejuvenation. Rejuve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the scalp acupuncture mm-hmm. that you just mentioned. Um right. I uh, another one of my former guests on the show does acupuncture with animals mm-hmm. um, right. so I mean it's yeah popping up lots of places yeah, yeah. Um, what do you do you have a favorite of these, mm. these kind of new groups of acupuncture um, I don't know styles or uh-huh. methods that are, are mm. kind of popping up or anything that you saw that was kind of unusual well again I think
1: it's interesting people you know when I you know I'm on various Facebook groups with various acupuncture Clusters of people, and you know, so I I sort of watch kind of from afar, just with curiosity. Like, well, what are the what are those kids up to? Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I feel a little like a you know like a mama acupuncturist. I'm like, what are the youngsters up to now? Well, after being in your career for over twenty years, <laughs> yeah. you know, absolutely, right. yeah. So that's fun. It's kind of like oh, you know. So the conversations are very interesting. You know, to sort of be like, oh, okay, they have this. I don't know. It's hard to describe the shift in perspective, but you know, they're. Um, You know they're graduating from school at a different time and place, and their jobs are to jump in the medical system, really. And that's you know Mm is that integrations really starting to happen? They are, um, and I guess all of us to a large extent are figuring out how to interface um, with Western medicine um, more effectively, more consistently. So that's such a big change, right? We've sort of operated outside of the (laughs) off the radar, you know, as more of an alternative medicine and, you know, then sort of gradually into sort of what they call CAM, complementary and alternative medicine and and integrative medicine, right? The language is really changing about where acupuncture fits into the medical model. You know, one of the big changes that I I have embraced is um, the VA, the Veterans Administration is covering acupuncture. Um, and so I have a large number of veterans, which has been an amazing opportunity to work with people who would most likely not get acupuncture, right? They wouldn't be exposed, they wouldn't be able to afford it. So Having a whole group of people who show up because their doctors sent them is a very different dynamic, right? Especially here in the Valley, we're used to people who are like, you're my eighth acupuncturist. (laughs) You know, We're like, well, I've tried, you know, Japanese and I've tried, you know, know they're in the know, you know, so which is awesome. That's its own cool thing to be kind of in that. Um, And it's also amazing to just work with people who've never had acupuncture. They don't know anything about it. They show up because they have a prescription to do so when somebody else is paying for it. It's a really different dynamic. Um, And it's been great. I have really loved doing that. And in terms of specialization, it does, you know, there, everybody's dealing with different things. But you can imagine almost everybody that I see is dealing with both the interface between chronic pain and PTSD. So there is that sense that you're seeing, you know, the patterns that are connected to those issues and the interplay between them. So there is kind of an advanced, (laughs) you know, kind of awareness when you're working with so many people dealing with that you know kind of cluster yeah um, so that's been a real um, that's been very invigorating for me to yeah. work with people who have would and you know I think a lot of people and this isn't true across the board for veterans by any stretch but you know people who have some medical trauma right people who have chronic conditions that are used to being in the medical system and sometimes in really helpful ways and sometimes in ways that have left them feeling um, very unseen and very misunderstood right so To be able to be in the position to um, help people sort of reclaim their relationship to their bodies and to their health and their own well being, to feel more empowered in their medical experiences or health experiences is, um, I love that. I find that really Mm -hmm. invigorating and, um, you know, sort of an honor and a privilege to help, you know, with the ways that people really get disembodied when they're dealing with chronic situations
0: yeah absolutely yeah. and i think that you know it obviously says a lot about the the va mm. because you know they're a very traditional right. conservative yeah. organization yeah and the fact that they're recognizing they're opening a big door that's huge <laughs> a big door is that just in massachusetts or is oh, that federally a federal
1: program there wow. are people all over the country that are um, you know certainly there's places where they don't have acupuncturists yet um you know or enough um but that's really um, opening up uh, very interesting layers of
0: conversation um, to have a federal program covering acupuncture. Wow, it's pretty wild.
1: I know it's been pretty amazing.
0: So, if a veteran uh, or somebody who loves a veteran mm-hmm. is uh, curious about getting acupuncture, yeah. how would they? They would
1: start with their primary care provider at okay. the VA and say, you know, I know that this service is available, and is that something that um, I could get a referral for? Yeah, that's and there's a bunch of us in the valley, you know, who are um, providers for them. So that's you know, there's there are a, you know a good good posse of folks that are working with okay. the veterans in our area. Yeah, wow, Yeah, that's so exciting! Congratulations, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's I've been working uh, working with the veterans maybe five or six years, and they're constantly changing their systems. It's like you know, it's tedious. It's you know, for those of us that have operated outside of the medical system, it's quite a quite a project to jump in the fray with insurance billing (laughs) it's like oh boy here we go but you know at the end of the day at the moment anyway this could change but you know at the end of the day it's it's felt um you know it's felt worth it yeah
0: yeah oh um so that that's really uh, that's excellent i'm that makes me really happy to hear that they're getting some care so yeah yeah, I, um, I've i worked with some veterans um, at the hospital at Bay State Franklin as part of the um, complimentary uh, program up there. And they, um, you know, it's, it's so beautiful to watch somebody cry mm-hmm. it's you know it's yeah. your version of snoring for me right <laughs> You're like yay I'm like thank you just let that go yeah. like it's okay that we're in semi-public here like right. you, it's better out than in that's right you know and I so it's a so. really beautiful population of mm-hmm. people who, who are open yeah. that want to feel better right. and yeah that are Dealing with a lot of right. stuff. we have been around the block. Oh, right? my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine. So so if you're just tuning in, um, Lynn is an acupuncturist, and we were just chatting about um, how federally uh, the veterans are now allowed to basically get a referral for acupuncture and how you are one of those um, the providers locally. And, um, and you mentioned that a lot of times this is their first – the veterans mm-hmm. coming in as their first experience with acupuncture and I was curious as to what your first experience uh-huh. with acupuncture is it yeah. was right so I moved
1: to the happy valley in 1991 and um I my first acupuncturist was Verena Smith in Amherst and uh she's still in practice she's amazing she if I'm the one of the acupuncture mamas she's the grandma oh I and, love uh, it yeah acupuncture so, elders
0: exactly
1: she's been here a long time and an amazing practitioner so um I I remember I must have been you know twenty one, twenty two when I had my first acupuncture treatment. I was trying to even remember what I. I think I had some like eczema on my eyelids, and I had asthma, and um, a little cluster of things I was dealing with. And a friend had recommended her and one of the the part that stands out most to me about that experience was um, you know when the needles went in and I was resting I just started to cry and my ears filled up with tears and that experience of just that that energy release or that shift or you know maybe being in someone's care you know that that you know the sort of vulnerability of that and the um the gift of that to be able to sort of be cared for in that way, um, and shifting that energy that had been sort of stuck. Um, so I'm always like when the, when other people's little ears fill up up with tears, I'm always like, I know, (laughs) you know, right. I feel you. So, um, that was my memory. But I think one of the things that, you know, Verena taught me both as her patient and, and as my mentor later, you know, was, was about how to, Um, help somebody be really comfortable Um, and so you know I'm I I like um, I like to create that kind of cozy you know cozy experience Mm. yeah
0: oh I love that it's good so, um, what, what is your, what does your office look like now? Mm-hmm. What is, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. you want to Well, I know you want to get people into the deep zone of resting, right. calming down their nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people step into your office, like what is, what does that look like? What does right. it feel like in there?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm in a office suite with a variety of other people. We've got a few acupuncturists and we've got massage people and chiropractor and therapists. So we have a waiting room, a little fish tank and, Um, we have, uh, we always have an art show up right now. We've got Kate Childs, local artist, who's amazing. And we've got beautiful, uh, artwork by Lenny Fried, who's also local. And so we have pretty things to look at, um, you know, and water and People Magazine, because, you know, you can never be too groovy for People Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Keep up on on Bachelor. Exactly. Everybody wants, I call it the, it's like a little bag of potato chips, right? (laughs) And of course there's many hands and, you know, other things, but. Everybody's always reading People magazine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so you come in and you sit in the waiting room, and I come get you. I've got three treatment rooms, um, but kind of a spacious schedule. So I sort of have the opportunity to let people rest a nice long time if they need that. Um, and we always talk, you know, we sit, there's chairs and we sit face to face and talk and get the update and find out what happened last time when I do a health history intake, you know, we have a good long front, t- front end time to do the health history and go through the paperwork and get the lay of the land. And, um, I always do a treatment on the first visit along with the intake, um, so that everybody sort of has the whole, whole experience, um, so there's always talking. There's always lying on the table. I sometimes have people who are unable to lie on the table, and I've got some other options. I've got a recliner, uh, like a lawn chair recliner, if somebody can't sit and be on a table. Occasionally, I have people who you know prefer to just sit in the chair. So we can work with whatever is. Lots of pillows in case somebody needs to be propped up or on their side. Um, so. Um, the room's typically warm it's got you know lights can go out and uh, i've always got music and um, the needling portion of the event is you know probably takes you know five to ten minutes Um, so there's talking needling and napping Um, and so typically in my practice people rest kind of 35 to 45 minutes um, which is a long retention time compared to some um, but in my experience our busy little American minds sometimes take a little while to settle in. Yep. Um, so it's nice to have the chance to kind of settle all the way in, kind of get in the zone. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like. You come, you sit, you wait, we talk, you lie down, needles go in, nap happens. <laughs> um, I'm this right now. I'm the soup to nuts person. So then you meet me out front, and I switch hats, and you know we do scheduling and all that kind of stuff too.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That sounds great, mm-hmm. and so you so there's three different treatment rooms. So if mm-hmm. somebody has a, gets a little extra emotional; they can mm-hmm. kind of like rest a little bit longer. Yeah, usually, there's a space for that. Yeah, that's so yeah, nice. nice not yeah. to have to like walk right out right. into you the gotta world. You got to go, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> move <them> out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: So we've got options.
0: And on your website, on uh, lincurry.com which is L-Y-N-N-C-U-R-R-Y.com, um, I saw that you had been through a two-year uh, herbal Chinese herbal medicine mm-hmm. uh, program, and which you said you had actually been through twice. <laughs> yeah. uh, t- can you tell me a little bit about how herbs fit into your practice? Sure. Yeah. So
1: um, when I was in acupuncture school in the late 80s um, and early 90s, the... Herbal programs were, was separate, so you could opt in or opt out, you know. So some of my classmates did the herbal program while we were in the acupuncture program, and then I, and along with some other of my classmates, did the herbal program after. So um, I went, uh, did the herbal, I think maybe I even took a year off. So it was maybe, um, when did I... Uh, whatever 97 98 99 somewhere around there I did the two-year herbal program which was like I said separate from the acupuncture program so I've been trained since the late 90s to um, practice Chinese herbal medicine Um, and Chinese herbal medicine's hard you know it's very deep very different than other kinds of herbal medicine it's based on um you know pattern discrimination we have these classical formulas that are in some cases you know many hundreds of years old and have been in practice you know in use for a long time um and then they're infinitely modifiable right we have these custom formulas as well as patent what we call patent formulas which come in pill form or tinctures or um you know, that are already sort of con- contained formulas. So it's just uh, an incredible amount of, um, diagnostic skill and um, understanding the herbs as individuals and understanding the interactions of the herbs and figuring out um, formulas that are customized to each patient. It's um, it's sort of a, an, an endless pursuit, academic pursuit, um, to, to work with Chinese herbal medicine. Um, and so my teacher, also local Sharon Weisenbaum, who's an amazing herbalist and acupuncturist in Amherst, North Amherst, um, has been teaching an advanced herbal medicine training, um, for a long time. So I did her two year program, uh, with the white pine Institute, uh, to do more advanced training. And Sharon's amazing because her, uh, way of teaching, um, diagnosis, um, for Chinese herbal medicine has was so far above and beyond, um, any training I'd had. So it really, um, uh, was an amazing opportunity to, um really nail down some of that stuff that felt had always felt very fuzzy <laughs> so yeah. um, you know and uh, I, you know and then I took it another round just because I could you know the the blessing of having her local um, made that doable um, so for me um, guess if, if when i'm thinking about it i i would say i do chinese herbal medicine as an adjunct to acupuncture typically so i i feel kind of in my heart and being i'm i feel like i identify most strongly as an acupuncturist the way that way of working with people and helping and evaluating and treating um is is kind of suitable to my personality and um, you know my practice orients around the acupuncture Um, and you know there are lots of cases where the Chinese herbal medicine is an incredible um, adjunct to that and supported that I don't have a lot of patients who come just for herbal medicine Um, I think just because I'm I have more of an acupuncture lens Um, and so that's just how it is and that that's that's fine for me sometimes people will come who want only that and not acupuncture and sometimes you know, that's fine and I can work with that. But I I find just in practice that I'm I always start with acupuncture. um, and it may be that herbal medicine is another layer that we add in and it's you know, it's amazing and strong and very effective medicine. Um and it's and for me, I guess maybe in how my brain works or how I relate to things, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's really a lot of work. So you know, so I'm always kind of trying to enhance my skills and to get better at it it's got a lot of room for growth um as well so that does keep things interesting
0: yeah absolutely um do you uh do you source do you ever grow your own materials for the for the herbs um Mm. the chinese herbs or anything like that i
1: haven't though there's some there does seem to be sort of a domestic trend to try to get some of these um herbs growing locally i know we have some people in our area that are doing that um it's not sort of widely available um you know the chinese herbs themselves are um the ones that have been studied for all these years some of them you know grow in china and they don't grow here you know they're not our local and so you know people are trying to figure out how to grow them in the states in different kinds of conditions so that we can have a source that feels reliable and um you know there are people are nervous about things that are coming from china for all kinds of reasons right Absolutely. Um, and so that is an ongoing kind of concern in the field like how do you make sure these are safe and accessible um so there's certainly good reasons to be um you know for individuals and companies to be working on different sources um but the the chinese herbs that i use the brand i'm mostly using. Uh, powdered granules. So they're individual herbs that have been um, cooked according to traditional principles and then dried and available in a powder. And so I'll make a formula out of different um, individual powders. Uh, Or sometimes I do have a, a collection of formulas that are already cooked all together and then dried and then can be modified. Um, so those are the most flexible in terms of customizing formulas. Um, I don't in my practice use raw herbs um, though lots of you know um, primarily herbal practitioners do there is a um, they're definitely potent um, and the act of cooking them and engaging with them that way is helpful for a lot of people with a lot wide variety of conditions, but certainly people with chronic conditions sometimes the practice of working with them that way can be part of the healing process. I
0: love it, Yeah, I love it. Um, If you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Lynn Curry, uh, who's a local acupuncturist. Um, And so Lynn, you said that that the herbs in your practice are sort of an adjunct to the acupuncture, um, to the needles. If somebody doesn't feel totally comfortable with needles um, Mm -hmm. what and you know obviously with the herbs um, is there is there more middle ground or Mm -hmm. is the herbs the kind of direction that you'll end up Mm -hmm. steering somebody or how does that all work yeah that's a great question right because there are certainly folks that are interested in
1: Chinese medicine and the ideas and principles um, and know that they're beneficial but the needles can be a deal breaker for people Um, I um, do have some people who are you know afraid of the needles or who don't resonate with the needles but and they're so little they're so small yeah so you know <laughs> I have lots of little baby needles and <laughs> little tubes and little teeny thin needles that are really short and very thin you yeah. know so they're, you know I have I definitely have a handful of very sensitive patients that I'm you know certainly work uh, over time to sort of help get through that part and I uh, very occasionally over the many years have people who just can't tolerate them and that's okay okay, you know, and, um, there are other practitioners that do, you know, more manual techniques or, you know, do, um, you know, acupressure or other ways of, you know, lots of different other ways of moving the energy without the needles. I don't, I don't tend to employ those. So I, I feel like most people who come to me are able to get comfortable with the needles or I may send them to different kind of practice. Um, if that feels like that part's not going to work in their and the herbs are not. You know what they're interested
0: in. Yeah, so d- yeah. Those are your little. Those are your little extensions of you. Yeah, the, the, the needles. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, so you were just starting to tell me a very interesting conversation about how sometimes. Um, Sometimes when people come in, they're really, really curious as mm. to what's going on mm-hmm. and what all the tongue diagnosis and the um, the heartbeat and the pulse reading and all of that. And then sometimes um, people are more just like just come in and just right. want want the yeah. treatment. Take care of me. Yeah. 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 So um, sure. when you're kind of working with uh how how do you when people are first coming in to see you? Um, what is that initial intake process mm-hmm. like? Like, can you walk through people what like sure. what your basic. You right. know, because I know you're probably going to get a little. So maybe some herbs as an adjunct, but definitely mm-hmm. the needles. That's like right. your style. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I you know the Chinese. If anyone's ever had acupuncture or Chinese medicine, that you know the intake is a lot of nitty gritty. Right, we're asking all sorts of detailed questions on the intake form. Right. I saw like, the
0: intake form on your website, yeah, and it was like, like you know, all how about many times
1: a day do you pee, and what's your you know what do you foods yeah. do you crave, and, and it like, was like
0: for women, it was like yeah. what are your cramps like, yeah. what are your periods like, yeah, and a yeah, a lot of details. So yeah, I
1: think first of all. Well, people are not usually familiar with having so many and such a wide range of questions when they're getting any. Certainly, kind of don't get attention. that at the doctor's office. Exactly. When so, you go to your primary care, yeah. So yeah. some people's response to that is interesting. They're kind of like sort of horrified to see all the check marks, you know. And some people are curious about that, you know. And some people are relieved to have somebody who's looking at all the check marks, right? You know. I think so often we're um, in current current times, everything gets sort of se- segregated, separated, right? You know, you have like your Doctor for the eyeball and the doctor for the hip and the doctor for the skin. And, you know, everybody's sort of pulled apart and never put back together again. So to have anybody who's asking about all those systems at the same time is kind of a relief for a lot of people. So the intake does kind of goes through the system. So from a Chinese medicine diagnosis process, we're, we're looking, we're asking. So the health history intake is the asking part, we're, you know, getting all the nitty gritty. And, you know, in that process, where I'm starting to sort of form a picture in my head about um, how their systems are functioning, and where imbalances are, where things, you know, that should be happening aren't happening, and where things that are happening shouldn't be happening, you know. So, you know, starting to assess that with the asking of all the nitty gritty questions. So, certainly addressing and getting a lot of details about the main complaint or multiple complaints, but also about the systems in general. Really understanding the digestive system and the menstrual cycle and the um, immune system, and understanding how all those things are working and not working. Let's me know what direction we need to go in. So, the the intake part's pretty elaborate. Um, from a Chinese medicine perspective, um, we're also looking. So we're checking demeanor and quality of skin, and the eyes, and the quality of the hair, and what's happening with the hands, and the posture, and how's the gait when they come in, and you know all that stuff. So we're looking and observing what information we can glean from how they're physically presenting. Um, We're looking at the tongue. That's part of looking. And we're taking the pulses, which is feeling. We may palpate the abdomen. We may, you know, feel the muscles or the musculature if we're working with certain kinds of conditions. So, you know, palpating and getting our hands on people and trying to understand what's Um, what we can gather from touch. Um, So the intake process is really looking at all those different layers and synthesizing that into a Chinese medicine diagnosis And sometimes the diagnosis is, you know, from the various kinds of trainings I've had may be a more Meridian diagnosis. It may not be liver chi overacting on the spleen or, you know, that. It may be really understanding where um, the chi is blocked and making an assessment about the best way to get that moving. Um, So, you know, there's different sort of lenses that I might use depending on the um, kind of complaints and what's presenting
0: and so and you had also mentioned that sometimes people come in and they feel uh that you know they've come in for maybe two different times mm-hmm. and that you know they feel better and yeah. then that's it or uh-huh. like how does um and I know you said this is not across the board and it's not as mm-hmm. a generalization but you did specify that sometimes men do that uh-huh. can you yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, I mean this is a huge generalization and it doesn't
1: we love men the board. yeah yeah men but great. often you know I think that the um you know the Let's get this done, right? The you know, the goal is this left knee and you know, if we get two or three treatments in and see they're going to be better or it's not, and we're going to move on. You know, the the sort of um you know, again that sort of just like wanting to get it handled and move on. And I think, you know, and that certainly there are women who are like that too, but often there's so many layers to healing, right? Like we we can cover so much territory with acupuncture and herbs in terms of um, You know, somebody may come with the main complaint of a left knee pain, but it might turn out also that their sleep's not so great and that their appetite's a little low or their sex drive is down or they're, you know, having trouble with blurry vision or, you know, other things that they may just be living with or tolerating and not sort of knowing is part of an imbalance, right? They've just tolerated that. So, you know, sometimes if we're, you know, very specifically focused on the main complaint, you know, that's, of course, we want to get those things handled. But we also have the opportunity to address other ways that imbalance is playing out. You know, so I love it when I have the chance to do that, those other layers, right, while we're in there. It's like, oh, right. And everything's going to work better if you're sleeping better, right? Everything's going to work better if your appetite's good and you're pooping. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. everything's going to be better if we can handle some of these other things that might be in the way. So if, if um, we have the opportunity to not be, you know, hyper-focused on the one complaint you know one and done and moving on you know then we can get some deeper layers of healing and also preventative care for other things that may become more of a problem so um I find that sometimes that's harder for men to sort of grok that, you know. It's sort of like, but my knee hurts, and I'm I'm gonna get that fixed and move on, which yeah. is fine. But sometimes we miss the chance to kind of handle some of those other things that might be vexing or coming down the pike that could get handled now. So when we have that chance, that's nice.
0: Do you do you feel like that is a, a cultural training from the mm. uh, from gender? Do you think that that is something that is the medical model that they're mm-hmm. working under when they yeah. should be when and it's a holistic system that they're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what is it? What do, right. Why do you think like, that this happens specifically with that group of folks?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, 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 do think there's some sense, and again, this is a generalization, but that sort of like idea of fixing, right, versus healing. There's those are kind of different. What are the difference between fixing yeah, so and healing? Yeah, so fixing is sort of like. Um, you know, what you would do with a medication, right? You were like, I have a symptom, I'm going to do this, and then the symptom's going to go away, right? And Or it's not, and then I'm going to move on to the next thing um, that might help that symptom. So, you know, that sort of idea of fixing is really built into our medical idea, right? You know, you, you seek out help, you want the problem resolved, and then you're going to move on, you know, y- Never mind that you might wind up at a different doctor for a different problem six months later, right? The you know and then we're going to fix that problem. You know that I think that fixing is kind of part of, um, you know, kind of part of how we see bodies and when we see lives, and you know we uh, so you know I think healing is a very different um, dynamic process. You know that there's that things present themselves for um, our attention um and that when we can address those um as they present and be present with them and um allow care for them you know then we can work on other layers (laughs) you know that we have the opportunity to work in layers that way um so that's a really different idea than fixing a, a main complaint or a problem right we certainly want those things to get addressed if somebody comes for a problem i want that addressed but um Sometimes healing requires more layers, more attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it requires other um, looking into like what else is going on in the body and feeling what else is going on in the body right. versus something that's screaming at you versus something else that right. might be maybe an emotional layer that right you know right It's asking for a different level of attention yeah right? yeah yeah um, that's really interesting I'm fascinated mm-hmm. with men and healing I don't know uh, why mm-hmm. but it's um I, you know I often find that you know women are like open to doing yoga right. and they're seeking. open. To, they're yeah. seeking yeah. and they're like they want to learn how to care for themselves as well as their family and they're kind of taught these things and then uh, and then the kind of process with how men get there mm-hmm. usually much 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 later in life is just fascinating. It's a fascinating yeah. thing because it's That's like true. they're going against all their cultural teachings. Yeah.
1: Um, Though it is interesting. I'm wondering I don't I, I guess I don't see so many younger men but I do feel like you know, at the risk, again, of generaliz- generalizing that maybe millennial guys are a little different. Maybe oh, they're, little wired, they're so much better. Wired off. way differently in terms of that. So I do I feel think like so. I've had some much younger men in their 20s and early 30s that are and more in that, like wanting to really work in those layers, you yeah. know, which seems different than their previous generation who are just like, oh, let's just get this done and move on, yeah. <laughs> you know? And again, I've had, you know, men of all ages that are doing m- multiple different layers of kind of work and you know one of the interesting things about working with the veterans which is not exclusively but largely men I'm you know I'm working with um you know Vietnam era veterans who've been suffering for 50 years right gosh and they're still really on a healing journey or maybe just actually starting a healing journey they maybe have been on a fixing journey um and some of them are now and working on different layers of that it's an amazing opportunity to see somebody who's been suffering in so many ways, for so long, have a different relationship to those those so those symptoms. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and you know we're all connected. So if if these folks get a chance to heal mm-hmm. and release, that is that works for the the collective. Yeah, you know, so it's everybody benefits when when those folks are getting the love and the healing that they right. need to. Yeah, yeah. Um well Lynn, we are coming towards the top of our show um so how how can people how can people find you mm-hmm. where where are we are, you? are you yeah. <laughs> yeah where am I <laughs> um I do have a website it's uh,
1: www.lincurry.com I don't have I'm not super great with the social media stuff so you can come to my website and I've got information and access there you can email me there um call me if you want to go old school
0: I love calling people that's my favorite Um, email is fine people always answer the phone hello hi are you a telemarketer are you okay are
1: you hurt (laughs) (laughs) send help (laughs) (laughs) alert system has been activated (laughs) that's awesome yeah so yeah that's uh, that's the old A way to get in touch all right yeah. I'm and, around
0: <laughs> and so and your website is lynncurry.com which is l-y-n-n-c-u-r-r-y dot com Okay. All right, um and do you have um any uh words for uh somebody who is just getting into the world of acupuncture mm. um that that might take some seasoned advice from uh some mm. advice from a, a seasoned acupuncturist of, of 20 plus years uh-huh. you mean a practitioner or a patient oh a practitioner somebody who's just getting oh. into the work to do
1: the work yeah interesting that's a great question um Ah, uh, trust the medicine you know i think uh, oftentimes uh it's hard to hunker down and people want to keep adding other modalities and adding and adding and adding and don't always sort of trust the depth of the medicine um so i love to see people um, really go all the way with all that chinese medicine has to offer
0: Mm. Wow. it's extensive mm-hmm. thousands of years well, yeah we've been around the block <laughs> <laughs> do you have any um, any hopes to do any big trainings in China or mm. with any kind of like famous not this um, week <laughs> n- not this week but <laughs> yeah not not during the coronavirus week um, but uh, any like any trainings mm. that you have are sort of like oh I really want to take that training there. yeah I have some interest I'm not there yet I've got a teenager
1: I'm not ready to do this, but I'm interested in the sort of acupuncture without borders. Um, the idea of being able to work in other communities um, in emergency situations and Whoa. fallout, which is a pretty amazing. We have some local people that participate in that, and that has some appeal for you know, future time to be able to sort of travel and work in other places.
0: Is that in like, like if when there was like the, Mm. the um, earthquake in Haiti, the disaster places, Mm -hmm. Yeah. whoa, Mm. that would be cool. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Neat. Well, let us know when you're doing that because that sounds really fun. Thank you. Uh, Fun. You know what I mean? Like interesting and yeah, passionate. (laughs) Yes. That's the word. That is the word. Well, do you have any last um, pieces of wisdom that you'd like to throw into the universe?
1: Uh, Well, I just want to say thank you for having me and for holding this space for people to have these conversations, because I think it helps us all to be talking about healing and all the different ways we can do that and to be collaborative in that way so i just want to thank you for that opportunity
0: well you're welcome everyone you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> carry on <laughs> all right well thank you so much for being on the show today lynn Thanks, and John. um if people are curious um you can like i said go back onto the website and um and there's a lot of information there onto lynncurry.com. and if you're just tuning into this show right now and um or any other show that you'd like to hear in the past from energy matters You can go onto my website, which is reikinorthampton.com backslash radio, and you can see all the archived episodes uh, posted on there. So um, don't hesitate to go. We've had all some amazing guests, including today's. Um, So thank you again, and I hope everyone has an amazing week